0: Lord, we thank you, Jesus. 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 We thank you this morning, Lord, that as we come to this word to worship you, around this word, that you will break this bread to our hearts, that you'll refresh us, strengthen us, and build us up, in the most holy faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. In Romans chapter 9, Paul is talking about his countrymen, Israel. And he's quite disturbed about them because... They've departed from their inheritance. And as Christians and believers in the church today, we have to be careful that we keep the faith, that we keep our spiritual service active, that we keep what has been committed unto us. And it's very special, he talks about his countrymen, he says in verse 4, to whom pertaineth, the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. He says, Whose are the fathers of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all? God bless forever. And I want to just concentrate on this statement that Paul makes the service of God. And I'm coming to see in my life, as I look back over my life with my ups and my downs, and my going down some cul-de-sacs and getting diverted by all sorts of things, and I've even been down a few pits and I've come out and I'm still here. <laughs> and it's an absolute miracle. <laughs> Yeah, when you're down the pit, it's not so good. <laughs> but, you know, as somebody said, it's prophets in training. <laughs> we learn to work, learn to try and never fall down anymore. <laughs> but it's an extraordinary thing. And I just wanted you to look at a scripture. It's in Corinthians. I seem to have to have lost my place now. Never mind. I'll try and find it. Um, and it's in... Uh, It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Um, and it says this in, in verse 2, You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, says, written not in ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart, yeah. and such trust we have through Christ the God word, that not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, because our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us, Think about this statement. Able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministration of death, written engraven in stones is glorious, so the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold beholden the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit Be rather glorious. You see, you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. You must not think that you're unimportant. Every child of God, your heavenly father, to you, like you, every child that you have is precious, isn't it? Think about it. You have a child and that child is precious to you. When you're born of God and you become a child of God, your heavenly Father looks on you as his child and he's given you all those things in Romans 9, the glory, the adoption, the covenant, the promises. But He's also given you a service to God. You've been called into his majesty's service. you have but some people as the scripture says many are called to the service but they don't get chosen why? because they don't fulfill their basic calling because there's some people they only want to be seen and heard but that's not the calling we've been called to we've been called to minister in God's house and to him. Yes, oh yeah. What a privilege. What a privilege you've been called to. But you must make your calling an election sure. You have. And you know, I'm coming to see, this is what it says, who also hath made you able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter. With well, the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And then he says in verse nine: For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceeding glory. For even that which was glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which was done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And then he says these statements, listen carefully what Paul says here, but their minds were blinded. Think about it. You can have God's people and their minds are blinded to the calling that God has called them to his service on his majesty's service in his house. We've got to watch this, because this is what Paul says, so until the day remaineth the same veil untaken away. So although Christ has cried upon the cross, it is finished, and though the veil has come down, and though you can have access through Christ, our great mediator and high priest, these It's possible, he said, the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. He says, even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. As I said last night, you know what Jesus said to the woman at the well? Ignorant worship, intellectual worship does not get you behind the veil. But it's worship in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking for worshippers who are worshipping in the Spirit. Look, when you get the Holy Spirit, you know it. You can feel it. It's an experience and it's like joy. We were coming in the car and Paul was saying things to us and we just started to bubble. We said, I even said to me, well, we've had our meeting, we'll go home now. <laughs> You know, you know when the Lord starts to speak to you, he's he's, it. He's what is it? It's it's. it's, it's, All right, yeah. Do you know what it is? It's joy. unspeakable and it is unspeakable <laughs> and full of glory <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> come from heaven. (laughs) Heavenly water (laughs) and heavenly wine out of heaven's cellars. (laughs) And it's quite extraordinary. (sighs) Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But for us that believe, The veil is down. Think about it. You've got to be careful. When Jesus is paid such a big, big price to give you access behind the veil into his presence, as we heard last night, there's a mercy seat. It covers the judgment. And what do we get there? We find grace to help me in my time of need. And you sure need it. What is grace? It's the power source of the kingdom of God. That's what grace is. It's the power source of the very kingdom of God. It runs on grace. Your central eating might run on gas or oil or electric, But the power source in heaven is grace. When Jesus appeared on the scene, he came full of grace and truth. And wherever grace walked, things changed. And when grace touches your life, you change. (laughs) Suddenly your desires change. (laughs) Your attitude changes. You're not scratching around down here, you know, wondering about this and complaining about this. You start praising God. You see something that is greater, that can be seen with the eye, the natural eye. You see, like Moses saw, he saw the reward of God's house, and yet he was in Pharaoh's house with the greatest riches in all the world. He saw the kingdom. See, we can see with the eye of faith, and what Paul is saying, therefore, seeing we have this ministry and have, 2 Corinthians 4, 1, and have received mercy, what happens? We faint not. (laughs) We're not into fainting, we're into rejoicing. (laughs) are we? Amen. But you meet some people and they're fainting. Oh, woe is me and my organs and my this and my that and my dog and this and my cat and all this and all this trouble. No. When you receive mercy, you faint not because you can see what God has done for For we have He says, we have renounced those hidden things, he said. (laughs) For if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them lost, he says, but whom the God of this world hath blinded their minds. Israel became blinded by the gods of this world. Think about it. Israel came out in the Exodus and the Passover. And the blood of the lambs. We heard last night that most of that meeting was singing about the power of the blood. And what tremendous power there is in the blood. Why? Because when we take that communion every Sunday, that bread and that wine, the broken body and the blood of Christ, it's reinforcing on your mind what the price is being paid, and it's paid in full. And you can enjoy this wonderful household of faith. It's blinded their minds of them which believe not, lest, what, the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Let's face it. There's two kingdoms in this world. The, the God of this world is Satan. But the God of the new order, the new world, eternity, the new heaven, the new earth that's coming down, is our Heavenly Father. And you've got a choice, haven't you Satan? what a lot of people don't grasp in the church is this: that when Adam sinned and disobeyed God, he got disinherited. he lost his inheritance let 's get it right. he lost his access, he lost his dominion, he lost his power on earth, and he given it to Satan. And people say, why is all this trouble in the world? Why? Because Satan is the god of this world. But we don't belong to this world. We belong to the kingdom of God. We don't belong down here. We mustn't look at this. We look into this, James says, the word of God, which is the perfect law of liberty. As we look into that, and we see that engrafted word, that word changes my soul. It changes my mind. It changes my will. It changes my emotions. So what I can do, I can see God through the word of God. And the word of God comes to me and it says, this is the way, walk in it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Isn't it wonderful? And I say, I say, Lord, I am going to do what I'm supposed to do. And then it says, then he goes on in this chapter and he says, but we... Have this treasure in earthen vessels. Isn't that right? That the excellency of the power may be of God and not an, of us. He says, Yes, we're troubled, we're distressed, we're perplexed, we despair, persecuted, cast down, always bearing about. He said, In the mighty of Christ be manifest in our body, for we which live are always delivered unto the death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life of Christ Jesus might be made manifest in my mortal flesh, so death worketh in you, but life in me, and then this big statement But we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, what did he say? I believed, and therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak. The secret, surely, of faith is this, that when God speaks to you, you believe it and you speak it. And it changes what needs to be changed. But you have to believe it and speak it. But you can't believe it if you don't hear it. But if you can hear it, faith comes. You believe it and you speak it and it changes what needs to be changed. You know, the woman with the issue of blood said, I believe he's Jesus. I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he's the promised seed. I believe if I can touch Jesus, I will be made whole. And she got up, and she believed, and she acted on it, and she received, and that's faith. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to do these things. He says, and he goes on to say at the end of this chapter, For thy light affliction which is but for a moment worketh in us a far more exceeding weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Now this is important because it's only faith that can enable you to see things that are not seen. And you can only get faith from the word of God. His faith comes by hearing. And so as I, in my daily walk, and I'm encouraging you to do your spiritual service. Your decorating, your shopping, your accounts, your cleaning, your hoovering, all these other things are not so important as the number one thing, your spiritual service. Put God first, honour him He'll honor you. And when you get up in the morning, you start, you say, you might say, oh, this isn't working very well, and I feel this, and I feel that, and I feel the other. No, you lift up your hands, and you offer a sacrifice of praise. You know, we heard something about it last night. There's a wonderful power in sacrificing praise and worship. And you start to lift up your hands and thank you, Father, that you give me Jesus. And I thank you for this eternal life and the privilege of worshipping you and praising you this morning. And then you come to the Word. And if you, I, I've got a daily reading. I read through the Bible every, every year. I keep reading it. And I read a lot of other scriptures, yes. But I read that and every time it's reminding me the Word of God. I'm doing my spiritual service, isn't it? And as we heard last night, if you haven't see, the Old Testament is concealed. It's it's like it gives the, the New Testament reveals it. And when we look at the Tabernacle, we see the process. Because in Romans, we have the greatest explanation of the gospel. We've all the justification sanctification glorification union with christ communion with christ dominion with christ and at the end of it all paul says in romans 12 present your body what a living sacrifice there's the secret a living sacrifice upon that altar that brazen altar And when you present your body, because your body is going to speak to you. Oh, yeah. Your body is very good at speaking to me. I've had all sorts of problems with me, myself, and I. And particularly my body. All sorts of things have come to me that I think my body says I should do. No, you put your body on the altar and say, "Old stinker, get down there and burn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your body can speak to you. He can tell you all sorts of nonsense. That person didn't speak to me. I mean, your soul, you know, and your... And, 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 and why didn't that look here? Forget it. Maybe she was worried about her, uh, something, you know. Maybe her mind's somewhere else. Just keep praising God. Just keep worshipping God. Just keep, you know, just keep in the spirit. You know, in in the early days of Henry, there used to be colored people. And he had this lady, she used to get up all the time, and she'd say, keep sweet. Keep sweet, brethren. (laughs) Keep sweet. (laughs) And it's right, you know, because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And, you know, and we come to the laver. What are you doing when you read the word of God? You're coming to that laver. You're washing in the word. You're washing in that word. It's washing you. You're reading this word and your mind thinks that and the word says that. And you say, ditch that, I'm going to believe what the word says. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. You're going to believe what God says about what your feelings are and what somebody else said yeah. or what the news said yeah. or what we Joe Blogg said. Yeah. Who cares? It's what the word says. Right. This is the word of God. This is God speaking to me. Yeah. When I take this word in, I'm washed. I tell you what, you'll never get to the holy place. You'll never come to the incense. You'll never come to the bread. You'll never come to the revelation, the candelabra and light. Why? Because you haven't presented your body and you haven't washed. Oh no, it's the blood and the water. You're cleansed by the blood and you're washed by the water. You need both. Do you get up in the morning and wash and shave or do you just go around as a stinker all day for a week? No, you get up and you wash and you shave. (laughs) Don't you? Well, you wonder why some people in church are a bit odd. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you wonder why some people say odd things. Because they haven't washed and they haven't had a good (laughs) burn-up. Yeah, God is very practical. (laughs) This is right down to earth. We've got to do our spiritual service. Why? Because we're in an army. We're fighting a battle today. These are perilous times. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. You need to have light in your house. You need to have bread in your house. You need to have oil in your house and wine. You need to be strong in the power of his might, would you like to be in Saul's army in the, or would you like to be in David's army? I'm going to be in David's army. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be one of the mighty men, don't you? And when the devil comes to me with some stupidest, I say, you're under my feet. I jump on it. He's under, I'm in the body of Christ. Christ is the head. I'm in the body. I can jump on him. Yes, he goes for me. He'll attack you. But you've got to understand who you are. Well, if you don't build yourself in the most holy faith and you get weak, you're going to get defeated. But thank God we can be strong and we can get washed and cleansed, can't we? And we can come to the holy place and as we heard last night, oh, that blessed me about this fumigation. <laughs> we need some fumigation we definitely do the censor. and paul said something wonderful this morning to me well maybe you shared it with you himself i don't know <laughs> but i tell you what it's time for us to function you've been called as a minister you can function it's for uh, the pre- do you know what Henry brought with the priesthood of every believer do you know God has called you as a, ki- a priest and a servant to his house to minister to him and do you know when you minister to him something comes from heaven through you to those people out there a great man of God in the last century said and I was you know studying some of his books and things and they was studying the word of God he said you have to learn to minister to God before you can minister to anybody Mm. you have to get it from heaven this is not out of a book, this is Mm. not out of the computer, this comes from heaven Mm. you see you've got to understand that earthly tabernacle is no longer on earth. Is it? It's in heaven. When Jesus died upon the cross, remember he met Mary outside the tomb, and he said, don't you touch me, I'm going to my Father. I'm taking the blood up there. The blood cleansed the heavens. Think about it. It cleansed not only your sin and my sin, it cleansed the heavens. And Satan was put down to a lower heaven. And now the tabernacle of God is in heaven. And you've been called, as Ephesians says, that's the Ephesian epistle. You're seated together with him in heavenly places. But you've got to be ready. You've got to be washed. You've got to be cleansed. You've got to be fit to enter that temple. And you come every day you come with praise and thanksgiving and worship isn't it wonderful and then you get the fumigation as we heard we need some fumigation Yeah, the incense went up and it's like a cloud in that holy place and there was the oil in the, lamp, the lamps and there was the bread and you eat that bread And there's wine there too, and you drink that wine, and your eyes get opened. Your eyes are opened. When you begin to see more and more and more of this heavenly kingdom. We've been called to this tremendous privilege. We've been called. Don't let the world blind you, as Paul said. Because if it blinds you, you will never get behind the veil. You won't bother to present your body a living sacrifice daily. You won't bother to pray without ceasing, to worship without ceasing. Look, you can pray when you're mowing the lawn. You can pray when you're decorating. You can praise God when you're washing up. You can just be a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise and worship and you can just keep praise with, praying without ceasing. That's your function. Do you know, if we could get hold of this, the church would be mighty. Nothing would defeat the church if every individual believer could become a man and woman of God with their hands up and praising God with fire in the house, with, with joy in the house, with wine in the house, with bread in the house, with oil in the house. My God, we'd be a people of explosive power. You know, what is it about David, a man after God's own house? What is it about him? He said, I will not rest until I find a habitation for the Most High God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that must be your plea. Christ in you, Amen. the hope of your glory must be in you. You must not allow these things to blind you. You know, the Satan is a He's a deceptive deceiver and he can glamorize things of this world that look so attractive to you and it will blind you. And you'll lose your calling. Think about Samson. Samson was mightily anointed of God, a mighty anointed prophet of God, judge. And yet he wanted a woman from the Philistines which was against the word of God. His parents told him it was wrong. The marriage all went wrong. So when the marriage went wrong, he said, oh, I'll find a harlot now, and I'll go down to a harlot in Palestine. Think about it. It's an anointed man. And we've seen some anointed man go to harlots. We've seen it. And the next step is down to Delilah. That stripped him of his eyesight and his anointing. It's not worthy. It don't save the play with pleasures of Satan. They kill and destroy. But the word of God and the house of God fills you with joy and peace in believing. And I tell you what, that's what we must have. And I say, Lord, help me every day to do my spiritual service. You see, when you do, when David got that ark on Mount Zion, we were saying in Julius on Friday night, Israel conquered all his enemies. David never lost one battle. He nearly lost his kingdom through going with Bathsheba, yes, but he never lost a battle to an enemy. Think about it. If you can get Mount Zion, as it were, the tabernacle of God, take your place in your heavenly Jerusalem, up in the heavenly places with Jesus, who is your great high priest, and sit there, you'll be more than a conqueror. Why? Because you've taken hold of your privileges that you have in Christ Jesus. And that's what you must be determined to do. Because this church is only as strong as every individual believer. Every individual believer needs to be strong in the power of his might. And you can do it. Do You know, as I'm thinking about what I've been through in my life, I think how important it is for us to understand this, our spiritual service. You know, there's an attitude in the church. Well, I'm part of the laity. The man's the minister. Let him do it all. No, that's not the biblical way. The biblical way is for you. And if God calls you to do something in public, well, he'll call you to do it, and you'll do it. But it's what you do in private. It's so important. It's what you do in your house is so important. It's what you look at in your house. It's what you adore, what you love, what you, how you function in your house is, how you fun, is really how you function in God's house. And the Lord is, I believe the Lord is, this is the clarion call. The alarm is going. You know, Jesus talks about five foolish virgins, And five wise virgins. Do you know, and I said this to somebody, when people are asleep, they're asleep. They don't know they're asleep. And when they're asleep, they dream all sorts of nonsense. Imaginary things. (laughs) Some of it's good, and some of it's not so good. I wake up sometimes, I'm driving somewhere, and I get lost, and I wake up and I say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up, because I'm lost. <laughs> I was driving around Birmingham the other day in the night. I don't know what it was it. <laughs> I remember my old job. I used to go up to Spaghetti Junction a lot when I just opened it, and I used to get lost up there. It's funny how these things come back. It's nonsense, isn't it? No, we've got to be awake. So the, the alarm is going, and it's saying to you, awake. Okay. Awake. It's time for you to do what God has called you to do. <laughs> Isn't it? Don't rely on your gift. You might have a gift from God to do this, that, the other, but it's not your gift, it's your spiritual service is important. And you know, God will come through to you and God will reveal things to you. And you know, there's some people here that God is revealing quite a lot too. <laughs> and do you know, God will reveal more to us. Do you know, we think we know a lot, we don't know nothing yet. <laughs> what do we know? How big is God? How big is the universe? We just get to know a little bit of it. But you know, we need to continue in what God has given us. Don't let the enemy push you down and say, oh, well, I'm nobody and I'm this. No, you're not. No, you're not a worm. No, you're not a church mouse. You are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Do you know, it says in that Romans 9 that you've been adopted. Well, Moses was adopted, wasn't he? He was adopted by Pharaoh. All in the plan of God, wasn't there? Esther was adopted by Mordecai. Think about it. And what did Esther do? Think about it. Think about what Esther did. You are called like an Esther to the kingdom for such a time as this because your testimony and your fire in your house and your witness. Can change things. You think it's only just little you. But it's God in you. It's Christ in you. Isn't it? It's not about you. It's about Christ in you. Think about those disciples before Pentecost. They were a bit of a rabble, weren't they? But after Pentecost, my goodness, what a change. What a change. Look at Peter. You know, look at the Apostle Paul. We were studying the Apostle Paul this Thursday in our group. And, you know, it says when the Apostle Paul met Jesus, and when Jesus met the Apostle Paul, or Apostle Paul came off, i do not sure if he was on a horse, but he, got, he, he met Jesus and just down he went. <laughs> well, when you meet Jesus in his glorified state, you will go down. And he went blind, didn't he? And, and, and Jesus said to him, it's hard for you to to kick against the pricks. Do you know, if you start playing for somebody and you're a spiritual servant in God's house, you know what God will do? You'll send some pricks to that person, some goads, and they'll be going through life and they think, what is coming against me? What is happening to me? God is on their case. The Holy Ghost is on their case. He's going to get them until they can't go anymore, till they beat Jesus And like Paul. Look, Saul must have known about Jesus. Of course he did. He must have known about the crucifixion. He must have known about all the signs and wonders and miracles. You don't tell me this conceited Jew, with all his anger against Christ and the church, the way, as they call it. No, it came a point where he crumbled. The kingdom of God, where sin abounds. Grace there's much more about That's how powerful sin is. Grace is much more. God's riches at Christ's expense. Much more. That's a totally inadequate definition of grace. It's the very power source of the kingdom. That's why you need to get behind the, behind the veil. The veil's down, but to some people they put a veil up. And we, as we heard last night, we get that grace an enablement. Why? Would you know, when you get the anointing and you get grace and enablement, And think about Gideon. He got some grace from an eye. Yeah. Think about this man. They were all hiding, you know, in caves and, and the thousands of these enemies. What grace will do with 300 men? No. Yeah. What did Jonathan do? When he was under Saul and he went up there, he said it thundered from heaven and there was an earthquake and all the Philistines started killing one another. That's what grace does. That's the anointing. Yeah, that's the power of God. Look here. Jesus was full of it. And I believe it's available for you. But as Henry used to say, you've got to enter in. You've got to do your spiritual duty. And God has called you like he called Esther to the kingdom at such a time as this, and that you can go before the king and you'll get his request and the enemy will be stilled. He will be overcome. We are facing perils in this country. And God wants you strong. God wants me strong. Because the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And it will work on our behalf and we will get the victory where we couldn't have got the victory before. He says, in, and this is what he says, what, uh, at, the end, at, at the end of this chapter he says, in, in, rather in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. You've got to understand that you, who you are. You are a new creation. You're not some patched-up person. You're completely brand new. You belong to a new creation. There's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and God is getting you ready. And, you know, I wrote these things down, and... and um, I was thinking that the new creation is, and think about this, when Jesus became as the Son of Man, who was the Son of God, and he was glorified after the cross and his ascension, as we've heard in many of the hymns say, we have a glorified man in the Godhead. Think about it. That is the new creation. He's called the first begotten from the dead. So you you have you belong to a new family. You've been adopted. You've got a new heavenly father. You belong to a new kingdom. You have new citizenship. You have new language. Yeah, you don't speak doubt and unbelief anymore. Not if you understand who you're a citizen of. You speak faith. You speak the word of God. You don't speak what you feel. You speak what God says. And this is the challenge. And I have found in my life, if I don't do my spiritual service, if I don't my worship and adoration and praise and prayer and and my Bible reading and my study and my waiting on God, I will start to say things that my body and my feelings speak to me. We've got a heavenly language. It's faith. And it comes with the word of God. I've got a new life. I've got eternal life. I've got a new destiny. I've got a new calling. And in fact, I've got a new address. It's in heaven. I've got a new address, a new postcode. (laughs) It's wonderful, isn't it? I can walk around like this. I can actually walk around as a spiritual man. Can you? I am believing, I'm believing for it. Even when Irene says this and that, I say thank you love, you're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she lost a talcum powder this morning and I got the blame. <laughs> I said, don't worry, dear, I'll find your talking powder. <laughs> She's not Mrs. Bouquet, by the way. She's <laughs> and then if I say, I think it's time to go, don't hurry me. <laughs> don't, don't hurry me. <laughs> and then she said, see, I put my I put my my pearls on wrong now. <laughs> Oh, I tell you. It's, it's wonderful when we've got this union. <laughs> I can walk in the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm a dead man. I am. I died it. My... My, my grandson, when he was little, he said, what's happened to that person? Have they died it? he said. <laughs> but I am. I'm dead. Paul says you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. I can live above it. Can you live above it? There are a lot of irritates about aren't there? Aren't there? There are a lot of ites about. That's why we need some fumigation. <laughs> That's so wonderful about praise. You know, when the ights come towards you, start praising, and the fumigation and the cloud will dispose them. <laughs> It'll get rid of them. <laughs> ah, you know, it, there's some time in the Old Testament when God sent hornets on the enemy. <laughs> well, maybe God'll send some hornets on your enemies. <laughs> But it's wonderful, isn't it? you know, this is, this is life and the spirit. And you know, there's a lot of confusion I know in the church about law and grace today. And as R. T. Kendall said, it is quite difficult to explain all this. <laughs> and uh, people get very confused about all sorts of things. But the key verse to me is, get this understanding, in Romans 8, 4 it says, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us To walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, when you start walking in the Spirit, you live above the law. See, Jesus fulfilled the law. And he wants us to walk in the Spirit and fulfill the law just like he lived. Now you might fall out of the Spirit sometimes, but you can get up again and ask for forgiveness and keep walking in the Spirit. (laughs) Do you know when you're toddlers, you've seen toddlers, haven't you? They get up to walk, and they go so far, and then over they go, you know. Well, you've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. You've got to learn to talk in the Spirit. And you've got to learn this language of faith. Because it's not your natural language. You know, I tried to learn Welsh. I just (laughs) gave up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, where we stay in the oasis, it's unpronounceable. The Drickly Vickly, whatever it is, <laughs> but you know, the enemy will say to you, "It's too hard; you can't do it." But His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is made available to you, and you can do it. Do you know that you can. And Ida and I've had all sorts to put up with. You know, we could have quite easily have had the screaming abdabs quite, on quite a number of occasions. And feel like blowing your top. But you know, the best thing to do is keep filled with the Spirit, keep walking in the Spirit, and the, His grace. See, the Spirit He is the Spirit of Grace. The Holy Spirit is a Spirit of grace. He enables you to overcome these things you face. And you will win. You will win. We can win. Why? Because Christ in us he says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do is weak. God is sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. Isn't it wonderful? And so this morning I believe I'm encouraging you to take your place, to become that, that, the calling that God is calling his people to in these days because you're very important. You're much more important than you realize because every time you start worshiping God, you're lit up in the Spirit. Oh, yeah, you get lit up in the Spirit. <laughs> you shine as lights. <laughs> yes, in a dark world. In a dark world. And you know you, all that Adam lost. Jesus has got it back for you. You've got your inheritance back. Haven't you? You've got your inheritance back. And it's yours, the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints in Christ. And this is what I just wanted to read to you. It won't be long now. And this is what he says um, in um, Ephesians 1. In 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. You got it. This inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of Him that we thought that we should be to the what? The praise of His glory. You first trusted in Christ. In whom you trusted, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is our, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. Wherefore, hear your faith, cease not to give thanks, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will give to you, and this is what we need, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his glory, and in the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, would to believe, according to the working of his mighty power he, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him far above all principalities and powers. And you, as we heard last night, hath he quickened. Praise God. And then he says, and hath raised us up to sit together and made us to sit together in heavenly in places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he may show the exceeding riches of his grace to his kindness towards us by gracious saved. And we are his workmanship. So I say to you, take your place in those heavenly places. You can do it. You've got a seat there. You know, Andrew Murray, when he's teaching on prayer, says, your heavenly father is waiting for you every morning to turn up to have fellowship with him and communion with him that's your heavenly places, that's your secret place, you can come. And see, this is the spirit of adoption. You know, I could speak on adoption a long time, but as he says, you know, some of the great revivalists, Mike Moody, travelling down some street, he suddenly got an impact from the glory of God that he cried, Abba, Father, This is the spirit of adoption. You suddenly believe you're not left to your own devices down here. You've got a heavenly father. And you cry, Abba, Father. And the power of the spirit came on these men. Christmas Evans, Moody. uh, Same with Archie Kendall in the car. I mean, just the power of God just impacted this man. He was selling hoovers, you know. And the Lord has shown him he's going to go around the world, which he's doing now, preaching teaching and preaching the word of God, and suddenly they get impacted. Henry under the stairs, he got impacted by the power of God and sent him out. God is waiting to impact your life and my life with the power of God. He wants to impact you, but if you don't take time. You see, when we honour, as John the Apostle says and records, that when you honour the Son, the Father will come and fellowship with you in your house. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? You know, Abraham, he learnt this, didn't he? How many times did Jesus turn up at his place? I think it's three times. The theophany. Why? Because he had faith. He was saved by grace. He was a believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And Jesus appeared up. What happened to Jacob when he was running from his brother and he thought, what's going to happen to me, Lord? And he's put his head on the pillow at Bethel and heaven opened and Jesus was at the top of the ladder and the angels of God going up and down, up and down. Do you know you can have an open heaven? God wants to open heaven for you. He wants to open heaven for me. But you have to come to Father on a daily basis and fellowship with you, and cry, Abba, Father. The cry, the spirit of adoption, isn't it wonderful? (laughs) I'm not left on my own. Do you know the enemy will tell you that nobody loves you? How many people have we met that people say, Oh, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. But Jesus does. And Jesus wants to introduce you to the Father. And when you get into the Father's presence... You feel that love. You feel that joy. You feel that peace. Isn't it wonderful? Don't you think it's worth giving Jesus the time? Don't you think you can forget about this, that and the other? (laughs) Do you know? I got an old book by an old woman of God called Cornelia Newsom. And she was wonderfully healed, this woman. And she gave her whole life to God. She never married any children. She just gave her whole life to God. And you know when you read a book, it's so refreshing. It makes you switch off the world and switch on heaven. And that's what you want. You want some material or help from books or the word of God that switches off the world and switches on heaven. And this woman says to you, and she's got all these things you need to watch in your life. He's got a whole list of them, about 30 of them. And I go through them and I say, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can make that decision. I can overcome that. And you can. As we said, it's forgiveness, it's justification, it's sanctification, it's glorification. It's union, it's communion, it's dominion. And you can have it. But you've got to travel the path. You've got to do your spiritual service, haven't you? You know, when Moses got so upset with God's people, and remember the golden calf and all that business, and he said, and the, and the Lord was so fed up with God's people, I'm going to wipe them out, Moses, they're going to start a new tribe with you, Moses. And you remember Moses interceded? Remember? Remember Moses interceding for God's people? No, they, they'll say the Egyptians will say, listen, you know, and, and he got through to God, and God repented, he destroyed them. But you know what Moses did? He t- do You know where the tabernacle was in the middle? And with the children of Israel, they were camped in the form of a cross. Because Judah had twi- twice as many people as any other tribe. So when the Judah was, it was a longer length. And when he looked at it from the sky, the tabernacle, it looked like the, it was the figure of a cross. Do you know what Moses did? He took the tabernacle out the middle and he went outside the camp and he said to Oshir, you're coming with me. God has called you. And the Lord said to me, I've called you like Joshua. Come without the camp. Come in my house. As I said to you in Bazin a few weeks, months ago, pack your bags and move in with Jesus. Hoshea became Joshua. He packed his bags and moved in with Moses. And he sat in the house. And he worshipped God in the house. And it, when it was time for him to take Canaan, he could take it. Why? Because he'd been in Father's house. And when you can dwell in Father's house, when the time comes for you to move out, you'll be ready. <laughs> God has got a way of doing things. Now, Some of you have had some miracles here, I know. Some of you are in places you never thought you'd be. (laughs) God works in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He's got ways and means. You can't figure it out, but he he knows how it's going to work out. Yeah, God knows. And I tell you what, God has got a plan for your life. But do your spiritual service. Do what Joshua did. Get your name changed. (laughs) From old Grumpy. <laughs> As I often say, I'm so glad Gordon Davis died. He died it. He got crucified. <laughs> he died it. And he got buried. And thank God he got raised a new person. Hallelujah. It's wonderful, isn't it? The gospel is wonderful. It's good news. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. <laughs> And we're now part of this heavenly... Will you be part of the heavenly company? Or are you going to stay in dead old religion? (laughs) Or are you going to move out (laughs) with Jesus? You can do it. You can. God has called you, every one of you, to do your spiritual service. And you can do it. And I tell you what, you'll be blessed. When God blesses you, you know, we know from the Cana wedding... When God decides to do something, he does it in big measure. (laughs) Gallons of it. (laughs) You want a few bottles? No problem. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. Isn't it wonderful what we got? We got a wonderful saviour. We've got a wonderful inheritance. Are you on the will? Do you believe that you're included in the will? Yes. You are. And, and read these, you know, if you're not sure what to pray, read Ephesians 1 prayer, Ephesians 3 prayer, Philippians 1 prayer, Colossians 1 prayer, uh, that pray, you know, in 2 Thessalonians 5, 21. Just pray these prayers. But, you know, just pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. God has given us a heavenly language. I think Paul said last night, when you pray in tongues, that's when you really get fumigated. (laughs) That's right. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. Yeah, we pray in the Spirit. So tonight, let's move into the Spirit and take off and sit with Christ in heavenly places. And do you know whatever the need is then in the congregation, where the glory is, that's where the provision is. Where the glory is, that's where the provision is. The glory of God. God said to Moses, I'll make all my, what? Goodness pass before you. Seek first his kingdom his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. The enemies tried to get me worried about certain things, lately, and they said, I refuse. I put it aside. I'm not going to have weights. You mustn't have sins. You must not allow them to derail you and slow you down. Weights will slow you down. Make sure... You keep Jesus the centre. Isn't it? He is the centre. He is the one. And God will give us wisdom. You know, as as it says in there, that you might be able, he grants you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened by might, by his spirit in the inner man. And it's that inner man you have to feed with the word of God. This word feeds the inner man. This is the spiritual man, the new man in Christ, and your body is, as we heard last night, the temple. So you have to make sure you keep your temple clean and cleansed and pure, and then you can partake of the of all that worship and light and bread and glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray for your people. We pray you'll empower them by the power of your Holy Spirit that as they come to the word of God, you'll increase their hunger and that as they hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. They will be filled. We believe it, Lord. They will be filled to overflowing with the fullness of That God is promised to all us who believe, Lord, you did not die in vain. You went to heaven and you sent the Holy Spirit. And we say, Lord, we say, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, and fill our temples, fill our hearts. Give us light and revelation and understanding in the days ahead that we will be men and women of faith and that we will glorify you in spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, amen.